Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. Okay, today we are talking about full stack observability, and in particular, we are going to discuss how Cisco solutions can move you beyond domain monitoring into full stack visibility, insights, and actions, ultimately transforming siloed data into actionable insights. All right, you know how we do it here. We have three amazing Cisco champion hosts here to uncover what all of this means. And we also have a pretty phenomenal Cisco expert, if I may say so myself, to help educate all of us. Uh, I like to go in alphabetical order. So Dan, we're going to start with you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Dan Kelcher. I am an enterprise network and cybersecurity solutions architect with Meridian IT. Uh, been doing this networking thing for about 20 years now. Decent amount of experience trying to play with things like Thousand Eyes and other monitoring tools. So looking forward to the conversation today. Would you say it's been as long as you've been growing your hair or your beard? Uh, it's probably about the same, give or take. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. That was my guess. All right, Darren, you're up next. What do you do? So, uh, yeah, my name's Darren Fulwell. I'm um, currently a product evangelist, no less, um, with a uh, software vendor um, based out of uh, Europe. Um, we actually are in the visibility space, so so kind of an adjacent space to this observability, and so obviously got a lot of interest in this. Again, a bit of a industry veteran if i dare say such a thing um so i've been around but i don't have the hair to show unfortunately sorry you, you can have Damn, some that's mine. impressive man <laughs> so soft okay all right eric tell us about yourself Hey guys, this is Eric Cho, um, principal engineer at A10 Networks. We're focused on security research, in particular DDoS attacks. Uh, I've also written books and taught classes in Python, network automation. So I'm passionate about those two topics. Uh, recently, I've been doing a lot of app development. So looking forward to hearing and learning about full stack observability from Carlos and from the gang. Good to be here. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, that leads us to our expert, Carlos. Glad to have you with us. Um, can you tell us more about who you are and what you do here at Cisco? Yes, thanks a lot, Emily. Thanks a lot for all the people here represented by the three guys, one with a lot of hair, another one bald like myself. So I've been at Cisco for 20 years. I'm current 22, actually. Time flies by. And I've been dealing with a lot of technology and lately I'm the fellow inside Cisco and the chief architect and full stack observability is one of the key topics that we are driving as a company. So I look forward to that bi-directional open conversations with the champions here. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, so um, Carlos, I mean, hearing what you talk about full stack observability, so what is the difference between monitoring observability and full stack observability? So Eric, that's, that's a very interesting yet recurrent question. So I get this all the time. So a lot of people say, hey, you're making a buzzwords bigger than what <laughs> used to be before. So actually, it's not really true that the buzzword might be the case, but th there is a difference in between those things. Monitoring typically has to do with 
the approach that has done by each of operation domains. So let's say have the team that is in charge of networking monitoring or application monitoring or security monitoring or cloud monitoring. And it's typically based by domains of expertise which gets translated or teams that has a charter for them. And monitoring has always been about you sampling some events that are going on on a particular area to build a dashboard. And that dashboard typically has a traffic light. It's a green, yellow, and red. And the only thing you want is to be on green. Because if you're green, you're okay. The problem is not yours. Have a nice day. And I don't care who else has the problem. That has <laughs> been the mentality of monitoring. And the KPIs for monitoring has usually around availability. So sometimes around capacity, but typically around uh, availability. Obviously, as more and more of this health mentality goes towards uh, what happens if something breaks kind of mentality, you try to evolve to something that was monitoring to observability. So observability right. is now ingestion of telemetry data more as opposed to just grab sampling here and there. So ingest telemetry data, sometimes real time or not, depends on the source. And the idea is to be more active on observability rather than proactive, then use it to be on monitoring. And by being active and having telemetry, then the KPIs actually evolve towards something that's more around performance, more around even experience that's going on. But it's still anchored on a domain. So still every team has evolved from monitoring observability and there is root cause analysis, the big outcome, but it's per domain. So full stack observability is actually adding two dimensions to that consideration. The first one, full stack observability, as the name may imply, it brings the view for the full stack. So instead of having per domains and teams isolated views, you now contextualize, you actually bring them together, you map what the dependencies are, which allows you to build contextualized correlation and drive insights that, hey, that security thing influenced that cloud architect that has an impact on me on the network on the other way around or any combination of that. And those issues by real time implies the help for you to map distributed applications, including from the edge. And the KPIs now include the second aspect of change on full stack observability, which is the business context and the business impact. Monitoring didn't have that before was more about, hey, this is a traffic light. Observability was all root cause analysis. Now with full stack, we bring the stack also from the business side. How does this incident impact my business? For the good or for the bad? And the KPIs are more around SLO and the total experience, not only for who you're serving to, but also for the employees on your company that make you actually excel on that. So those on a high level, or maybe less of a high level, is how we see in the industry the evolution. It's not only Cisco, it's an industry thing. With that said, Eric, if you allow me, does that resonate on how you then and, and Darren see that on, on, on the customers you talk to and even on the companies you work for? Yeah, so um, I, I think so. Um, so for us, I think just judging from our experience, typically we divide each into different verticals like... Um, I don't know if, you know, healthcare or federal, because each vertical has their own unique characteristics and behaviors that we need to take care of. So for me personally, um, when I hear full stack observability, I don't know if that rings true with Dan or not, but I think of different verticals. Okay, that's an interesting perspective. Before I touch a, a little bit more of consideration on that, Dan, does it resonate with you, the the 
the monitoring observability full stack kind of explanation that I gave, or you you give me an A or you give me a C minus? <laughs> a plus. Um, no, it, it actually, if you kind of look historically at the way kind of the, the tools that have been used, uh, things like SNMP monitoring, where we were basically, is a device up or down? What are the interface statistics? Things like that. Uh, you know, like you said, we're kind of looking at this from a, a reactive set of data, but I, I can't really tell. I've got to do some interpretation on my own to kind of understand what that means. Uh, moving from that into a tool like Thousand Eyes, Thousand Eyes to me was kind of a game changer in the the visibility that I that I had where I could actually see almost application performance from a, a networking standpoint. What was the the latency from an end-to-end -end connection, page load times? You know, there's there's a huge amount of visibility that I could see. And as as a network engineer, everybody's kind of dreaded statement is it's slow. Well, SNMP data doesn't really tell me what's slow or, or what that is. So with Thousand Eyes, I could start getting a good chunk of that data. I could start saying, well, this this page is taking this long and I could get that visibility. But to your point, it's it's still only a piece of the puzzle. So that full stack observability, being able to take the kind of the data that I could get from Thousand Eyes or other tools and then uh, correlate that with other tools to really get that end-to-end -end vision. That's somewhere that I think it's it's a journey, but as we're getting to that level of visibility, that's that's huge. Yeah, I agree. I think I think from from my point of view as well, it's it's not just about um, the layering of these things, isn't it? It's the breadth as well, because you you'd often have this situation where you'd have different monitoring which which all what what does monitoring really do it 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 tells you that that some management traffic can get to and from the device that you're you're trying to get to and no more than that what you're now to being able to do is i suppose show across different management domains um in in a single set of tooling that that the effect of those outages or this this these issues you're seeing and i think that that's for me it's not just about the layering of of data upon data and, and looking at the dependencies between those layers, but it's going sideways as well and looking across from your, I don't know, your wireless network through to your to your cloud instances or whatever and, and being able to track all the way through that way as well. So uh, it's an interesting, it's interesting to see how things have moved from that simple monitoring, I guess. Yeah, it's it's you you the three of us touch very interesting aspects. I'm gonna go back to Eric's point on the verticals because I believe he he has a, an interesting perspective there, an observation on how he sees full stack absorbability as a first glance. But then to your point, Thousand Eyes is a perfect example of SNMP has given space for something much more complete, even though it does empower the networking operations team to a levels that was inimaginable years ago it's still constrained to network ops so that's why we integrate this for instance with app dynamics as one of the use cases that we have on fso to contextualize the application performance that comes from the application operations teams with the networking performance that comes from thousand eyes and we can actually match one another and the outcome is more about how much business impact goes with that and again, the business impact could be awesome. Hey, the experience for the end customer is great. Or the business impact can be bad. Hey, there was a rerouting 
somewhere on the internet that's impacting on a higher latency for the experience on a mobile application or the code crashing and it's not a networking fault on this point and some, someone needs to go on the CICD and update the new release of that code for whatever reason. So then you have a follow-up on that before I go to the vertical approach on Eric again. Um, so, well, let's let's hit the vertical and then we'll, okay. we're gonna, otherwise we'll just, we'll sandbag you with questions and we'll never get back to verticals. Okay, so let, let me touch very quickly on what, one aspect that, that Eric mentioned on vertical. So that is, uh, when you talk about full stack, a lot of people look at full stack from two lens. One is what Eric just said. Hey, I have a vertical stack that belongs to healthcare or an elk stack there for a developer or a container stack based on Kubernetes. It's a technology view, which is valid. There is another typical view that some people look at, which is the people view. Hey, I have all these operations teams, how I can get them together in a single room that's not a war room, that the one that screams the loudest and eats all the pizza survives kind of thing when you have a panic mode. So the vertical approach is valid, Eric, and I've seen and I've talked with specific customers on healthcare and finance and manufacturing and retail. And the reason why it's an interesting lens that you brought up is because the business impact and the business context for verticals can, can get different. I'll give you an example. If you go to, uh, let's say, a bank, most likely, on a financial institution rather, most likely the monetary value would be the most easy business context for you to consider with. So mm -hmm. you're making money or not make money. So like trading stocks and stuff like that. However, if you go to healthcare, and I actually happen to be meeting one of the major healthcare companies in the United States last week and all their leadership team, their business context is, is more about, hey, if an ambulance gets to a hospital with someone about to die, do I have ICU opens, beds that I can put them there? Is the doctor on shift? Is the right specialization? So this is the domains that they consider in the business context is less about money because they're going to get paid by insurance at some point eventually. But the pressing of a business impact has to do with people who's going to be live, alive or dead. And, and, and that is why opening when you look at this and say, oh my gosh, this is the business context for that is not about money. So there is that vertical aspect. On the other hand, as we look at Cisco for full stack observability, we typically look at this from the experience. And I look at experience from two perspectives. The experience that you provide for the customers of yours, on this case, on the financial, it can be someone trading on a platform or for the healthcare, you're going to visit a doctor. So you want to have that best experience since the time that you make an appointment to the doctor by the time you go to the lab and something along those lines. That is pretty much you in control of the apps and systems that you put out there for your customers to consume. The other aspect that I see more and more start to happen these days is the aspect of experience for the employees. Mm -hmm. Why? Because more and more, 
every company needs and are to some extent considering their employees as a critical mass for their success to the point that it's very hard to attract talent, retain talent, and there is the need to up-level the skill sets of the talent. So having monitoring evolving to observability for internal consumption, including for SaaS apps, so the employees are happy and motivated to actually do their best for the company, which actually influence the outcome that will lead to customer experience overall. So that retrofit is something that was talked with a customer in Europe a couple hours ago, and that was part of our conversation. It's not only about the technology and it relates to the people, and then you can have this vertical approach to your point, Eric, but you can have this total experience, which is how can I provide an awesome experience for the people that works to produce what would be the outcome that would drive the experience to my customers. So it's full stack observability has this broader view as well, if you will. So I believe, Darren, Darren you have a, a, a point? Yeah, just I was just thinking, um, you know, in terms of the this this usage of, of the tooling, I guess, in order to, to get to that stage of, of experience measurement, what you're doing, I suppose, is looking at the application layer, but you're also looking at the infrastructure layer and and everything else around it, and and bringing that data together. Is that fair? And, and to to provide this yeah. this experience yes. measurement. As we get to full stack observability, as the name says, you start to actually deal with telemetry data that comes from multiple domains. So it's not like we ingest all the data for network and you're getting a better network outcome or a better cloud operations outcome or, or security outcome. You need to bring this together. There are two ways for you to do that. And from a technology perspective, and it's less about the technical approach and more about the people and the teams and the company. So the first approach is, let's say, I'm the application guy and then is the networking guy in the company. So... I use my tools, he used their tools. So we talk about anything but their tools, our tools. So in order to get an evolution for full stack observability, you can argue that I'm a domain, he's another one. So if we share information amongst ourselves in such a way that I, as an application team, can provide information to them as a network to contextualize his decision process by having information from the application and the other way around, you reach some sort of full stack with two elements on that stack for the team's perspective. It's a bi-directional thing. So it means that I can only share information amongst the two of us. Well, obviously, I'm the application guy. I don't use one tool. I sure then doesn't use one tool. So you can see that multiplying effect just amongst the two of us. So let's say that you, Darren, is the security guy and Eric is the cloud guy. You can see the mathematics start to exponentially grow. So you need to start to ingest telemetry data on a common platform, on a common data platform, on top of which you can actually contextualize that in real time at scale. And then you start to look at the use cases based on queries. It's just data structures that you're dealing with. And that has an, a side advantage that by having concentration of telemetry data in a single place, you can actually throw machine learning models that actually learn from that data. When you are isolated, you only can do augmentation of, of machine learning for the domain that you have concentration of data. When you bring that together, it becomes much more powerful 
from that regard. So we are going to that direction on the full stack observability use cases from Cisco. But that there are two two motions here. One is Dan and I work for a company that on a technology perspective is we are thinking ahead, but people we are organizationally wise, we are not there yet. So it's going to keep using our tools and pairwise integration, this, that, and the other, just up to the point that we get there and hope that by doing this, we don't have a business impact that will drag and delay the progress of the company. There's the other extreme when people say, hey, I'm going ahead. I'm already on a full digitization motion. I'm DevOps. I need to have full stack observability that maps to the speed of the business. So we're going to move the structure and the technology is going to go with me. And that's where we have this telemetry data ingest from multiple places and correlation coming broader, as you said, more wider, as you mentioned before, Derek. So hope it clarifies because I've seen both out there. I would love to hear from you, the three of you, what you've seen as it relates to your companies or customers that you deal with or partners. How you've seen that motion, not only for the technology, but also from the people in process on the companies, because it's not only a piece of a tech code that's going to get it, it's addressed on the industry. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of take that first and I'll, I'll table a question along with it, let the other guys respond and give you one to come back to. But yeah, okay. typically what I've seen is, like you said, the more the kind of the former example of each different team has their tool and the more visibility that you get, the more information that you can present. I'm guessing we've probably all been on a call where, oh, the you know the network's down or the internet or this, that, or the other with, with no real data behind it. So you Agreed. get these kind of things getting lobbed and, oh, well, the network's up. I can, I can ping google.com. Internet's fine. And it's, it's an application. You get this, this ping pong game. So that's, that's what I've seen a lot. And really it's, like you said, as, as different teams are at different levels, they have different tools. One team can kind of adopt a tool. And then as they start to get good information out of it, hey, here's what I can give you. Here's the evidence that I, I have that shows that the, the network connectivity is working, but there's something, you know, we're, we're pending getting data from this server. So I, I can definitely appreciate that, you know, almost piecemeal approach. And the, that kind of leads into the question around, uh, as we take that piecemeal approach, as each team kind of comes to the table with their different tools from a, an FSO standpoint, the really, it, it, I guess, it's taking the individual tools, building that environment, but it's not something where we need to day one, turn up an FSO stack. We can bring in this tool and then integrate another tool and then integrate a third tool as we build out that kind of end-to-end -end FSO vision. That kind of a fair statement. I I I would say that it is, but let me add some consideration to your point then. So if you look at Cisco full stack observability, the way we position on the market today, and actually the way even we go to market for selling, is not anchored on products, is anchored on use cases, outside in use cases. Why? Because everyone is gonna have different tools. And some of the tools might be custom built. Someone have not coded that. So I'm more about, hey, what is the actual real problem you want to solve? And I'll give you one of the most popular use cases that we have on FSO is 
digital customer end-to-end -end user monitoring journey or whatever you, you're going to talk about this is pretty much is, hey, I have an application that is running somewhere. It can be on the edge, it can be on the cloud, it can be on the data center or any combination that's hybrid environment. That's sort of the provider, typically distributed. And the consumer is a browser on a mobile device. So you measure the end user experience, which is typically in monitoring that has a voucher observability for the experience of even tracing that's going on the browser for how many clicks you go here and there when you're trying to shop online for a car. While on the back end, you might run the database on the back end on premises because of regulator, regulatory things, the front end on the cloud, and you're consuming SaaS services for the provider that is part of your authentication or payment, whatever that is. In between, there is a beast that's called internet. So almost everybody is asking for that use case to give me the end-to-end -end monitoring from that. This is the use case. Some customers don't have Thousand Eyes. Some customers don't have AppD. So they have different ways to address the problem. Even Pink has been one that I've seen, which is not that effective for obvious reasons, trace route or some things along that, those lines. So even when some of those customers that don't have a particular tool of Cisco, I, I talk with them about the use case, the outcome, and then the business impact. Hey, here's the business value and the impact to your own business that you can have out of this. And I can measure to you that if there is an impact end-to-end -end of 5%, that's going to impact 10% of your revenue. So your revenue is $100 is going to be $10 that's gone out of the toilet. And I can see in real time, and it's coming back, it's no longer $10, it's going to be like $5 and progress in that. That visibility on the, on the business context, something we can do today. I have customers that look at that and just make the math on his mind to say, hey, how much it will take for me to integrate a tool of my own and actually wait for a year, a year and a half of engineering to eventually happen or not, rather than have a solution that provides and address my business use case right there. So I have customers implementing some of that just for the use case. And then we start to work on tool integrations and migrations out there. So we are going to the market on FSO based on use case. Another one that's extremely popular is application security. It's not security from a firewall or, or perimeter or authentication. That is something that Cisco and other vendors provide solutions out there for sure. It's more on application security. I'm talking about runtime on traditional apps like Java. I'm talking about runtimes on microservice environments like Kubernetes. I'm talking about APIs, internal APIs or external APIs that you consume. This is very popular because the majority of the people have no clue on how many APIs they use out there as, as a lot of, of applications goes cloud native. And, and Eric has said that he's developers, so he knows very well what I'm talking about. And even for traditional apps, Log4j just reminded all of us that runtime security is something important. So then I, I don't know if that addresses your point. As we talk about full stack observability, that's the guidance we are putting on development even for our position in the market, less about the use cases, less about the products rather, and more about the use cases, which will manifest by integrations amongst products. Because FSO is about bringing those together. So if you magnify one domain, then it kind of defeats the purpose of FSO in the first place, if you, if you think this way. I don't know if I answer your question. 
I still want to at some point hear from from Eric and and Darren around whether my previous point makes sense um, for them on on the place that they they live. Thanks for your question, Darren. I, I believe hopefully address what you asked. Yeah, definitely, colors. I I enjoy the fact that you you brought up the point that right now it's not just about shareholders, but rather it's about stakeholders, right? Like, so the stakeholders could be the environment, could be the employee, and the full stack observability actually bring all those in. Um, and that's definitely what we're seeing. And another uh, point that you brought up was um, about applications. So because the applications that that live closer to the user, that's what the first point of contact rather than the network or the physical layer, then that is where the different component will stack up. So you mentioned, you know, AppD, Thousand Eyes, Intersites, and I believe there's, um, even though different by use cases, there's still a bit of a hierarchy as far as you're positioning the tools and kind of aggregate those data into one set. Um, but I, I wonder what you guys thought of that. Yeah, I you, you raise an interesting point. Is Is... There are integrations amongst the existing tools in order to deliver the use cases, as I mentioned before, up to a point that we start to ingest the limits to a common data platform when the use cases are empowered by a query on top of that, which is also what we are going, in particular for the DevOps population, because they are less about a tool and more about a pipeline. So there is that mindset as well. But to your point, full stack observability, as I mentioned before, it has two differences from the monitoring to observability evolution in the industry. One is bringing the teams together and the other one is getting the business context and the business impact that didn't exist before. So that business context and associated impact typically is associated to the applications because applications are usually how the business get manifested or sometimes they are the business themselves more often than not. So if you look from that perspective, so full stack observability is anchored on the business applications down. So it's a top-down approach, not a bottom-up kind of infrastructure up. It's not like a, a telco that is building a services for connectivity, which is valid and everybody uses, and it's we welcome internet connectivity better every day. It's more about coming from the business application down. So... If you look from the use cases, the vast majority of them are anchored, or actually all of them are anchored on application something. So as I mentioned before to them, is application security. As I even mentioned an example that then gave on Thousand Eyes, I'm talking about end-to-end monitoring when I have the source of the end user on an application that's running somewhere in the internet in the middle, how you correlate this all together. On the example, another popular one that you have is you have an application running somewhere, 100% on the public cloud, 100% on data center or anywhere in the mix. And let's say you have a failure of a code or a, or a server. So the mapping that I mentioned before, 10% of your server environment will have an impact of, let's say, 15% of your revenue. If you have a million dollars, it's going to be 150K that's going out. That dynamic mapping of business impact to infrastructure is another use case that we have out there. So all of them tends to be anchored to application not because applications is better or worse than anything it's just because it's closer to the business impact so from that regards the integrations that we have today tend to concentrate in the intersection the hub would be app dynamics for what we have today 
But as we start to talk about, let's say, API security that I mentioned before, it's not necessarily need to have even an APM on the picture because APIs can be something that goes everywhere. And on that regards, we even open source part of our project code because a lot of people have no idea how many APIs they're using. So we open source the visibility of APIs so we can build the dependence mapping of APIs because without that, nobody can secure it. So we open source all of that dependencies, a project called apiclarity.io, just go check it out. And from there, you can then go and get Cisco to be able to help secure that. So it's it's a very interesting dynamic that you raise, but you, you got a point, Eric. It's, it's anchored on the business application. It's not anchored on infrastructure or security or something like that. See, see now I find this really interesting because from... From my perspective, I've been a network engineer. I've done the network design piece and network architecture. And gradually, as you, as you, yeah, okay, I've been doing it a while. I'm sorry, but but as you as you grow in experience and maturity, and you're going through that process, what you're doing is is effectively do taking into account the things you've talked about there, Carlos. Right? The the whole point of building a network ultimately is to provide service to the business. So without that ability to understand what the what the business is trying to achieve by having the network in the first place you don't know if your network's actually successful or not what this ultimately feels like it's now doing is giving you some measurement of that which we've never really had before because we've all had all these lots of different tools doing all these little bits and pieces um, and what we're doing is is sweeping that away, really, and, and creating something where you've got that ability to bring all the data from different places using APIs, using all the, the data, democratizing it, making it available to whoever needs it, and then creating this ability to to analyze it in a way that we've not done before. So so I can I can completely see the sense of it. it makes makes total sense to me. I guess the other thing that I'm thinking, and, and we talked about this briefly before, is this idea of, of the fact that you've got organizations who are at completely different stages with regard to their operational process, their automation capabilities, and these sorts of things. Once upon a time, they'd have had to have done all this themselves, right? They'd have had to bring the data from the different places to piece this together. They might have, if they were super far advanced in their automation, like you say, they'd have had... Um, DevOps capability or whatever, they'd be there querying the data from APIs and, and doing the thing. But you've all got people at the left-hand side as well who, who don't have that capability and, and don't have that, that aren't as advanced in the way they do things who need the help and the guidance. And I guess what, what we you're talking about here, Carlos, is you're catering for all of those people, right? And and bringing that all, all along. Yeah, you... you... You raise a very interesting point on the end, but before I go there, I want to hit on two points that you mentioned before. One, I'm a proud CCIE myself, 8567, Yoohoo, passed on the first test and over 20 years for CCIE. So there's nothing wrong to be a networking practitioner these days. Actually, as internet and hybrid workforce, everybody to, or a vast majority of people to work from home and in the office, the networking design has become something very interesting to deal these days. So proud of you, clap yourself in front of the mirror because being a network engineer these days is much harder than it used to be. And we, we start that two decades ago or more. So having said that, there is another aspect that you mentioned before you ask your question about capturing for both sides with the answer is yes. 
the technology has evolved. So for instance, today we have ability to stream data for telemetry in real time. So if you look at a decade ago, that was not as mature. So we have this available for any sort of streaming data, not only Netflix, if you will. So, and we have <laughs> standardizations from telemetry, like open telemetry is one of the things that has matured on the, on the industry community, which Cisco is a contributor and a strong advocate. And we are betting all of full stack observability solutions to actually standardize as the industry evolves towards open telemetry and the associations convert us from, from that, which gives us a better direction to say, hey, the telemetry data is important, but the collective ingestion of that data brings the insights, which is actually what matters. Which leads to my last point to you, which is you are right that Cisco is catering for both sides. We are catering for that organization that's ahead, that is DevOps, that can automate and actually can grab some open source and develop something on top which will actually look at the full stack observability and the outcomes that we generate and most likely build their own dashboards on top and actually use that as an input for something. You only have customers like that. On the other hand, the reason why we get from full stack observability based on use cases, not on the product, because the products won't suffice. Because you're going to, the products will cater for all the buyers that are part of the operations teams that FSO is building together. And inside Cisco, we for each of the use cases that we have out there, which today are seven, we could have 20, but then it's going to be a marketing exercise. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> we have only ones that actually work and actually can run in production. So we have seven of those. Each of them has a, a mapping, a matching Cisco services implementation associated with that if the customer choose so. And we have been working with our partners and ecosystems of system integrators, you know that Cisco sells indirect for over 90% of his portfolio and solutions. And all those partners are trained to actually help those. Because it's a journey, it's an industry evolution. So it's going to take years. Some people is going to get ahead. Some people may not need to get that fast. The reason I say they may not need is because depending on the business you are, the end user experience that you deal with may be real time. The human being patience for your business may be the trigger on how fast you need to move observability. Some other business may not have that end user experience and the real time nature is something that is that pressing. So those considerations come to, to bear as well. But definitely then and during, it's a, absolutely exciting place to be because it's an industry transformation i foresee that i typically tell to customers and even to the engineering teams inside cisco to say hey look at what happened in devops 10 years ago from now on it's actually an evolution of what used to be skill sets that belongs to separate teams that actually became capabilities that belongs to automated pipeline today the same is happening and the industry change for operations. Today, it's a skill set that belongs to distinct operation teams, which all the urban knowledge and, and everything that comes with it in each corporation, this will become capabilities towards an automated observability pipeline on full stack that will match to the DevOps for everything becomes digital end-to-end. -end. So it's a boundary 
that needs to actually evolve in the industry so the digital experience becomes actually the digital currency, which a lot of people are considering that because if I'm on an app and it doesn't behave as I would like, I now have a choice to move to another one, even further if I'm on a consumer business. So it's a very different world than we live as it was 10 years ago and the pandemic it just exacerbated this in the last two years. But it's absolutely exciting. So I love, Emily, that we brought this topic for us to talk with the champions. It's, I'm having an awesome time here. That makes me happy to hear. Oh, it's passionate. You can see. It's, it's, dude, it's happening in front of our noses. And, and you're part of it. So it's part of building history. And it, the value of a lot of these tools is that it, it, I think Darren kind of mentioned this earlier, but it gives us some of the ability, you know, trying to justify why why we do what we do or hey i need to buy this you know forty thousand dollars switch well why because this switch enables these things and we ran into this pro- like it it gives us more visibility um so it it's it yeah visibility and being able to tie what we're doing to those business cases where it used to just be I like blinky lights. I want switches. Well, no, I can, <laughs> I can actually articulate that. Hey, this this connection, this circuit, this service, this application server, whatever it might be, it's providing or it's it's causing a bottleneck or it's it's providing some sort of impact, and we can we can take the steps beyond just that device to to show where a potential problem could be and to identify and and find a resolution and tie that to an actual business need. It's, Actually, it's, then, it's measurement. It's measurement of the impact for me. That that's the key because because it's it you're creating you're creating the ability for other people to understand the cost and and the and the benefit and that that's the trick. It's because because a CXO doesn't care that that you know you've got the tools to do the job that you need to do as a network engineer because the network just does the thing it needs to do. If they can see it in terms of actual real relevance to the to the the experience of the customer, both internal and external, you know, that's the difference for me. I, I, I fully agree with you, but there is some extra considerations I would like to raise there. And yes, the networking has been like at a foundation that it works, so forget about it. Well, this day is a little bit different. If your internet doesn't work on your home, you get on panicky mode. <laughs> on, 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 you, you think of me and my way. kids <laughs> yeah so you get in panicky mode because you can access and your kids can access and your wife or husband can access it's a big big trouble so people have backup over their phones and they so the network becomes foundation as the bridge that actually makes society works in particular now as a lot of these bridges for work being done by home and this hybrid work kind of thing is not going to go anytime soon. So the networking becomes a much stronger foundation. And as it becomes part of the experience that one needs to get, that correlation that you're mentioning there is super important. So up to a point that everything you guys said is what we have today at the Cisco full stack absorbability. As I look ahead on what you looking towards building in the next 12 or 18 months, we are looking towards bringing telemetry a centralized data platform or something that we can build models on top and actually be able to play this at scale because more and more the digital experience is going to be real time. And as we go there, it becomes more and more interesting. 
And the, the last thing that goes to Mr. Dan Pleasurement is like, hey, one of the things that we start to think about is can we actually predict? Because now that I start to get real time and I start to have telemetry on an active, can you go beyond root cause analysis, which looks to the past, to actually look at predicted that actually try to anticipate what outage may go to the peak to the future? So up to a point that the human beings involved on that has much more wisdom to actually make on a decision process as opposed to sometimes try to get the data together with something that we can have software to do and, and actually do faster and a higher volume. So that's something we're going after to see how we can get there. All right. Well, this has been another phenomenal episode of Cisco Champion Radio. If you want to learn more about full stack observability or API clarity that Carlos mentioned, or if you would like to join Carlos live at Cisco Live Las Vegas, check out the links below. And of course, another reminder before we go, you could subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. See you again next week. Thank <laughs> you.